Welcome to the Duo Podcast. That's Disney, Universal, and Orlando. I'm Amelia. And I'm Gabriella. We are two sisters who are not so secretly obsessed with all things Walt Disney World, Universal Studios, and Orlando as a whole. We're going to be talking about our favourite rides, our much-loved places to eat, how we plan our trips, and our most memorable experiences at our number one vacation destination. Plus, we're going to have a few special guests weaving their way in and out of the episodes, so please do listen in, get involved through social media, and enjoy the ride. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Duo Podcast with me, Gabriella. And that's it for today. It's just me. You've just got me, Gabriella. Um, as so, so many of you know, Amelia is away at the moment. She is having the time of her life. She's actually in the US right now. Um, as I'm recording this, she has made it to Los Angeles. She finished up in Costa Rica, then she moved to Mexico, and now she's in Los Angeles. Um, and she literally just landed a couple days ago. So um, things have been a little bit manic for us, and we really wanted to get a episode up for you all. So I made the decision that I was going to take the bull by the horns and take control and take it into my own hands and many other cliches that are similar um, and bring this episode to you. And I wanted to to make this episode something which was going to be very much um, a me kind of episode, if that makes sense. Um, so less of a, a sort of chatting back and forth episode, obviously, um, less of a ratings episode, which we, um, ratings or rankings um, that we often do, but instead kind of make it a little bit of sharing about one of my experiences that has been an experience that only I had from our family. Um, and so that which I want to share with you all today is something which quite a few of you have, have inquired about on the Duo podcast Instagram um, and on our Twitter. And it is talking about my college program, um, the college program that I did way back a million years ago, many moons ago, way back in 2011. Um, it was the summer of 2011. And um, and yeah, I'm going to tell you all about it and tell you all about the experience. So um, I was I was actually studying English literature at the University of Birmingham, which is not one of the subjects where you can um, do what's called the J1 program, or it, it used to be called the J1 program. I'm not sure if it still is. Um, and basically the J1 program was where you could go to, uh, I think it was for, uh, for a year, for a full academic year, um, you could go and work in Disney World. And the sorts of courses that you would need to be taking at university in order to do that were things like hospitality, um, hotel management, leisure, tourism, um, like chefing, being a chef, cookery, I don't know what it, what it would be called at university. Um, but it very much kind of that sort of, of job you would need to be doing in order to go and do the J1 program, which was actually the one that I really wanted to do. If, um, if I could have, if there was a way that I could have spun it so that I could have had a year of my studies over in the US, um, and, and had that year sort of count towards my university degree, which I believe it does, then I definitely would have done that. I think that if you do that, I think it does add an additional year onto your degree. Um, but I may be wrong on that. So if there's anyone out there that has done the J1 program, then please let me know. But um, if you were doing the J1 program, there was a lot more work role opportunities available for you. Um, and obviously they were a lot more sort of connected to whatever you might want to do 
um, in the future. So um, again, if you wanted to, to go into hotel management, then you would be able to kind of train almost like an intern um, on the actual hotel, uh, like the Disney resorts and uh, move around um, the different roles within that hotel. So it, it was quite, it sounded like quite a, a rich experience, but as I say, I wasn't able to do that one, unfortunately. So when I realized that I had two options available to me at the time, there was the, um, the, the summer college program, which is what I did, or there was the one where you basically get to go for a year. Um, and anyone can do this. You don't need to be a student at all anyone from the UK can do this and you go and work in the UK pavilion in Epcot. Um, in hindsight, to be totally honest, I probably should have done that one. Probably should have just taken a year out of university, a sabbatical year and gone and done that because I personally don't know anyone that had a bad experience doing that. Um, and one of the benefits with that program, which, um, I've forgotten what it's called. I, I, literally escaped me my my program was called the international college program um cultural representative program that's the one the full one year one um and with that program you can actually work in the restaurant the rose and crown pub and you are allowed to take tips um with that program so on the uh international college program the one that i did you were allowed to work in restaurants but you weren't allowed to work in any tip taking roles so if you were working in a restaurant like my friend Louise was, she was working at 1900 Park Fair, um, you, she was only allowed to be the restaurant host or hostess, um, doing all of the table plans and guiding people to their seats and to their tables. It's just a rule that they have in the US. I don't know why. Um, but on the visa that you needed for the International College Programme, you weren't allowed to take tips. So of course that kind of limited um, things a little bit with, with money, but I will talk about that as we get into this. Um, so yeah, I think I probably would have really enjoyed the, um, the cultural representative program. Uh, and another one of my friends, Charlotte, she, she actually did two years running um, of that program. And it was, I think, easily hands down the best years of her life. So anyway, I decided that I wanted to I wanted to make sure that I finished my degree on time. I didn't want to take a full year out, so I was like, right, first decision made. It's going to be the international college program. So the company that I applied to um, in order to do that was called Yummy Jobs, and I do believe that they're still about, and I do believe that they still are the only company that you can apply to in order to um, to go on one of these programs. Keep in mind as well within this that there are other programs as well. Um, and when I say there are other programs, there are um, professional internships that Disney offer, or at least they did again back then, um, which are more for those who have graduated from college. And with those, I think you do apply directly through Disney. Um, and then obviously there are performance opportunities and performance programs too. Um, which means that if you wanted to be in any one of the parades or any of the um, the shows, anything like that, then it would be a whole different ball game, um, a whole different way that you would apply for those things. That's not to say that you can't play characters um, on the international college program. You absolutely can, um, but that's more characters um, just in the parks um, for meet and greets or for character dining. Um, 
you, you're not kind of going to be in any of those shows or, or performances, even as a fur character, which is um, one of those that has a big costume like Mickey or Minnie or Donald or Goofy. So that was the, the first thing that I, I sort of discovered was like, right, so yummy jobs. This is who I need to apply through. Um, and I submitted my application. It was, as, as far as I remember, it was reasonably standard application process um, up until the interviews. Um, and the interviews, I think we did like a telephone interview that was very brief, like a 10, 15 minute telephone interview um, where they basically just outlined um, the the roles that would potentially be available and just to make sure that you kind of know what the score is and you know that, like I say, you, you're not going to be able to go in and be a manager um, at something or you're not going to be able to go in and um, and be Cinderella on the top of the what what at that time was the Share a Dream Come True Parade. Um, actually, I think Share a Dream Come True Parade finished long a, a few years before I went there anyway. So, um, so yeah, really short interview, telephone interview over the phone um, after I'd submitted my application. And then I got invited to the group interview. Um, and this was, was like the only, the only kind of in-person interview that I had. And I was so super nervous. Um, I think it was actually the first ever group interview experience that I'd ever been to, but I was, I very much felt like, you know what, if, Disney have a part in organizing this, um, even though it's managed by Yummy Jobs. If Disney have a part in organizing this, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and and thankfully it was. It wasn't um, the kind of group interview that I expected it would be. What it turned out to actually be was um, a sort of setup where interviews started at a certain time. Say like I think we were we were part of like the afternoon group, so it was like interviews start at one o'clock. So if you're in the afternoon group, everyone needs to show up at one o'clock. And then when you arrived, you got um, a time slot that your actual interview was going to take place at. Um, but obviously they could be finished with previous people quicker or they could take a little bit longer. And because we were all really wanted to go to Disney, we were like, we're not going to leave the site. Um, and there was a Facebook group as well at the time where we were all like connecting. Um, and we all sort of knew each other. So many of us had already met each other on the Facebook group so we were like right let's all like we're going to camp out for like the whole time um and and what we realized at that point as well was that um as I say it wasn't actually a group interview it was a partner interview so you're going to be with one other person now my other person at the time um I did know of him um and he, I, I already knew him from the Facebook group and he was one of these people that he knew everything like he literally knew everything about Disney World um in so much depth and so much detail and and like I was I really liked that about him until I realized that he was going to be in the interview with me and then all of a sudden I was like oh my god I don't know enough like um you know what if only one of us can get it what if they've got a rule where only one of the people that gets interviewed gets the job um and and then you know it's it's not going to be me and uh, during the actual interview, he very much wanted to to demonstrate how much he knew, and he really wanted to, you know, show show off his skills. And um, I'm someone I'm I've never been backward at coming forward, if that's the f correct phrase. Um, I've always been quite chatty and confident and bubbly, and um, you know, I've got a lot of words to say, um, as I'm sure many of you know from listening to me on the podcast. Um, 
but I very much felt like a total wallflower um, during that interview and I very much felt like he kind of took over um, I didn't get much opportunity to to speak I, even to in, kind of interact with him and to um you know like nod along and smile and like make mm, yeah I agree kind of noises there wasn't much space for me to do that um, and so I was really really nervous that I I hadn't I wasn't going to get it um, but the lady who was interviewing us, she was from Disney and she did make sure that she asked me direct, some direct questions and I provided my answers and, you know, did my best. Um, and then right at the end, um, you know, on your application, you, you get to choose what sort of role you would like to be working in. Now, keep in mind that at Disney, everything is a role, nothing is a job. Um, so I don't mean a role again, like on a show. I mean uh, a role on the stage of Disney World. All the worlds with a capital W is a stage at Disney. Um, so the sorts of jobs that were available to us, the sorts of roles that were available to us included um, things like operations, um, which was uh, working on attractions. So either literally um, on on shows, you could be operating um sorry, on, on a ride, you could be operating the ride vehicle or on a show, you could be managing the line and making sure everyone sits and, you know, moves all the way down to the end of the row and, and that kind of thing. Um, you could be a character, um, which he really wanted to be. The guy that I was interviewing with really wanted to be a character. I don't think that he got character in the end. Um, I don't quite, quite remember what he ended up with. Um, but you could be a character or you could be a character attendant. Um, so a character... If I remember correctly, it was something like they would work 30 minutes on, 30 minutes off. They would have a break. And I think they only ever had four-hour shifts or something like that because of the heat and the um, the costume. You could not be a face character. So your face could not be exposed in any way in the character role. You could only be one of those fur characters. Um, and I, I believe that that is still the case as well. So th those were available. There was food and beverage, um, but you, at the time, you couldn't choose whether you wanted to be um, in a table service restaurant, again, working um, at the host desk, or if you were going to be a um, quick service, food and beverage. And one of my friends, she applied for food and beverage, really hoping to, to be at like a fancy restaurant and, you know, be welcoming people in there. And she ended up getting... Um, the quick service location at Blizzard Beach. So she was really devastated and she ended up having an incredible time and she loved her work role. Um, the same actually goes for one of my other friends. That that friend was, um, it might have been uh, Typhoon Lagoon actually, um, that was Vicky and then my other friend Karen, um, she, she was, I think it was at ESPN Wide World of Sport, she was working on the quick service there and she actually met the man that was to become her husband and he's from Mexico um, and they are still married to this day. So they had an incredible time as well. Um, so, so there was quite a few different roles available and merchandise. You could be in merchandise or you could be in custodial, which um, custodial was, was cleaning around the parks and um, tidying up and things like that. And Again, that's something where, in hindsight, I think I would have actually really enjoyed um, being a custodian at Disney because you get so many um, guest interactions and Disney is a pretty clean and tidy place at the best of times. Like, the upkeep is, is managed really well. So it was very rare that 
any of my friends who were custodians would come with like, you know, gross toilet stories or something like that. It was usually just like, you know, you open the cubicle door, like, oh, the toilet's reasonably clean, like as it is, like maybe I'll just give it a quick going over with um, the toilet brush and a quick wipe and then set and like onto the next one. Um, and they by far had the most enriching guest interactions out of anyone else that I knew on on the programme. And, and they also as well, um, as part of being custodian, they would have more opportunities, it would often seem, to transition into other roles. Um, so things like organising the crowds for the parades um, and kind of, you know, the sort of pre-entertainment to the parades where you'll sometimes see like, a guy walking down the way with a lightsaber and he's, you know, giving kids stickers and stuff like that before the fireworks and whatever. They were often um, actually custodial custodial staff members. So it was really, really varied and they could get they could get positioned um, in any of the parks and at any of the lands of the parks as well. So it wasn't the same every day. Um, and whenever they they wanted extra hours, it seemed to be really, really easy for them to pick those up. So I had put down operations and I was desperate. And you will have heard this story before. If you already know the story, <laughs> if you already know the story, then I'm so, so sorry. But it was literally one of the one of the heartbreaks in my life. This was you can already see where this is going. I really, really wanted the great movie ride. That was my dream attraction to work on because I am a performer, but I definitely did not want to wear like a full costume. I, I wanted the great movie ride. And if it wasn't going to be great movie ride, I wanted Jungle Cruise and or um, Kilimanjaro Safaris. Kilimanjaro Safaris is a little bit trickier to get on, I think because of like driving licenses and stuff like that. But I do know people that manage to um, manage to work on that attraction, like actually driving the safari vehicles. So I was like, right, great movie ride, eyes on the prize, let's manifest this even before I knew what manifesting was. I was like, I'm going to find the script online and I am going to memorize the script and I'm going to dazzle the woman in the interview with my memory of the script. Um, so, you know, right at the end, she said, have you got any questions at all? And I was like, um, I think, I think I asked like one question or something. So we say you should ask a question at an interview. I think I asked one question. And then, and then I said to her, like, I have one other thing is, um, I know that we're not allowed to kind of, um, not that you're not allowed, but you're, you're not able to assure me, um, an attraction because they're not, they're not able to assure you any locations. Um, because it just depends on what labor, what the labor's like, um, when at the month when you actually go. But I said to her, I would love, love, love to be on the great movie ride. That's my dream attraction. And I've memorized the script. Um, so I'd like to speak it to you. Like if, if you don't mind, like speak the, the first three minutes of it or something. And she was like, oh, okay, like no problem. You can do that. And I did it and like right the way up to take it away, CB. Um, if any of you remember great movie ride, there was a moment like just before the attraction started moving where the, um, the tour operator of the attraction would look up into the, the sort of far distance um, and and it would be like the kind of signal like, yep, we're ready, ready to go. And it would be take it away, CB. Like CB was this guy who was like just in operating the attraction or whatever. And you do like a little salute um, and then you would turn around with your microphone and face forward. And I, I like did the whole bit and and then I turned back to her and I was like, 
so like what do you think um and she was like yeah it was great like that was really great thank you so much for for doing that thank you for sharing it I'll make a note on the system um that you know if you if you are successful in the interview that um that this is your preferred attraction but again we can't assure it anyway it felt like a lifetime while we waited to find out if we were going to get um if we were we had been successful in our interviews I think um we all went out for a drink that night like a whole big group of us and um had a few too many because we I think we were all a bit like nervous and stressed and had a really great time and you know there was that moment when we were all in the pub and we and one of us I don't remember who it was was like oh my goodness like this is so much fun what if we don't all get on it um and I think there was maybe six or seven of us that were there that night and and it was just like it put such a dampener on the the whole thing and everyone went home then um and I, I got home and I cried because I was like oh I really want this I want it so bad um and then yeah it took like a week it was at least a week um, it may even have been two before, and we were all in the Facebook group. Has anyone heard? Has anyone had a letter? Has anyone had an email? Um, and we were just literally on pins about it. And then one day I got a notification, like I logged onto my laptop, um, and I got a notification that the guy who'd been in the interview with me had posted. He was the first one to post like his letter. Um, and I was just like, oh my God, oh my God, let me check my emails let me see, let me check. And there it was. It was, I'd been accepted as in operations, which was my first choice, um, role. Uh, again, it didn't say where I would be working or anything like that. And, um, it gave me a start date, which I want to say was like, no, I don't remember. I don't remember the start date. Um, but yeah, it gave us, gave us a start date and then it was like, right, it's time to start getting all your stuff together. So I think it was like a couple months, a couple months later, we were, um, we'd arranged, I'd arranged to like be on the same flight as a whole bunch of the, the girls that were going that I knew the day before the flight came, I was getting all my documentation together and I realized I had lost a piece of documentation that was really super important. (laughs) It was, I don't know how I lost it. It's never since shown up, never since found it anywhere at all. Um, and it was literally the day before the flight uh, I think it was, a, I think we were flying on a Monday or something like that. So it was a Sunday and I tried, I called like US immigration to try and see if I could talk to them and all of their offices were closed. It was, uh, it was just horrendous. I was so upset and devastated. And it was literally like the kind of impression was you can still go, but you may get sent back home, like from the airport, you may not be allowed to leave the airport. That was the sort of impression that I was I was given by how important this form was. So it was a super stressful experience of, of realizing that I'd lost it. And I, I was just crying for most of the day and packing and crying and, you know, packing for a trip, trip of a lifetime that I thought that I might get sent home from. Um, and so that's one huge tip to anyone who is is traveling anywhere, really. Um, I think my sister had a, a similar experience when she went traveling once or one or two years ago is do absolutely everything that you possibly can to keep your documents safe like every single document and there was loads because I was trying to keep everything um that you know that yummy jobs had sent me about the role and about everything and um yeah I lost the frigging form (laughs) and so um 
so yeah but I was like okay like just keep it real it's okay me and my dad we went to um we went and stayed I think we were uh, we're flying from Heathrow we went and stayed at the airport the night before and my friend um Bethan was was my friend we stayed um at the same hotel and the next day we got ready to go I'd packed way too much stuff um so I actually was my suitcase was overweight which meant that I had to take my wedges out of my suitcase and put them on like these big high wedges um and had to wear them through the airport and everything it was crazy and um yeah we got on our flight and everyone everyone was super super excited I was kind of excited but I was also really nervous and it it turned out okay like but only okay <laughs> everyone else passed through immigration no problem whatsoever I had to wait for about three hours in a separate room just like when you see like border patrol or those those sorts of tv shows um I had to wait in a separate room um it was like you know we need to we need to contact these people we need to see what they say um the guy that was dealing with me the first guy that was dealing with me was really rude he was like um, it's a really important document that you've lost. Like, how could you have lost it? Like, you know, this is a trip of a lifetime. And if I have to turn you back around, then it's on, then it's on me. Um, he was really like unhappy about it. And then thankfully the next guy that dealt with me was Dominican, which my mum's Dominican as well. And so we sort of connected a little bit, but eventually it was totally fine. And I got through and, um, you know, one, a couple of my friends had stayed behind to, to greet me and to get me and to travel to the accommodation with me. And we checked into, uh, our accommodation, which was Chatham, um, Chatham square we stayed at. So, um, there's four different accommodations or that there was back then there was Chatham square, Chatham square, the commons, um, there was Vista Way, which um, is like the party, the party location. So I really kind of didn't want to be there. People used to call it Vista Lay. And there was like myths about people getting laid in the swimming pool, like in the hot tubs and in the swimming pools and stuff. It was just didn't didn't feel like my kind of vibe. Um, and then there was one other that I don't quite remember what it was called. But I, I got Chatham Square, which was really nice, really kind of peaceful location when I checked in, um, I had just one other roommate. So it was a one bed, um, apartment. We had a little, um, like dining, dining room area. We had an open plan kitchen, living room. Um, we had our bathroom. It had like a, a door to the bathroom from the bedroom and also from the, um, kind of living area. And I think we were on a, a ground floor as well. So it was convenient for not having to carry all my cases. Um, and in our bedrooms, it was two single beds. Um, which felt a little bit like I really wanted a double bed, but they're all single beds there. And I was just really pleased, to be honest, to only have one roommate to kind of get to know and to, you know, like learn learn each other's habits and learn each other's ways and manage each other's emotions and um, things like that. Whereas uh, Vicky, the friend that I, one of the friends that I already mentioned, um, she was in one of the bigger apartments. I think there was six um staying in her apartment from all around the world as well um, which can make for a really wonderful experience but it can also make for a really like awkward and difficult experience as well and um, there were times where she really really struggled with with her roommates my other friend Louise um, who worked at, at 1900 Park Fair she actually moved um, accommodation because she wasn't getting on with with her roommates and again there's cult there's cultural differences sometimes and 
um while we would love to think that you know it's we'll we'll get through them because you know it's great to learn about each other's cultures um i think sometimes if if for example with um with louise i think the other three people that she was staying with they all spoke french and they would just speak french and completely exclude her um you know it makes things a little bit more difficult i think vicky had some uh some roommates that were maybe from turkey i think and um they were uh, cooking foods which she she couldn't like the spices and stuff she just didn't like the, couldn't stand the smell of them um and then they would like leave their dishes around so she would ha- then have to clean them and she would feel sick all the time and this whole thing um but then I know other people that had really wonderful experiences with their roommates and to be honest my roommate Taryn she was she was fab we got on we got on great there was some funny stories um like funny experiences that we had together but for the most part she was great and our shifts uh completely did not coincide so it was almost as if I lived there by myself and very occasionally we would see each other and be like passing ships she was working um in merchandise at the uh I've forgotten what it's called but it's like a kind of memorabilia store um, on the entrance to Hollywood Studios so we we checked in we went um went and did a, a food shop I think we went to Walmart like as a group and um came back to to where we were staying had something to eat and then literally passed out and then the next day I think I think we had some like orientation stuff to do the next day but mostly in the afternoon of the next day we went to Disney Springs and um I think we went to we went to House of Blues I think that first night and had a fantastic night eating there we couldn't drink um those of us that are under 21 obviously um legally couldn't drink and I was 20 um so they call it um I was in a wellness flat. So if you're under 21, you're in a wellness flat, which means it's a sober flat. And you could choose to be in one of those if you are sober um, and you're over 21. But basically, it's like if you get caught with any alcohol whatsoever, it's like straight home. Just like um, Molly Weasley on Harry Potter. It's like, I'm bringing you straight home. Um, And that's really scary. And it's like if you because you get sacked, basically, you get your your contract gets terminated and if you stay um any longer after like your contract's been terminated so you literally need to like get on a flight home immediately because if you stay longer then you're then in breach of your visa because you're no longer employed so it was just not worth worth it at all I don't think I actually drank at all the entire time that I was there because I was so frightened um but so we ate at House of Blues and we had a really nice night exploring Disney Springs and um, doing all of the good stuff. Our orientation was really wonderful. They call it traditions training at Disney. So you're trained on all the traditions um, of, you know, the way that they like their guests to be treated. Um, you learn more about the history of Disney World. They take you on a uh, on a trip um, around the Magic Kingdom. So if you ever see people that are dressed like smart looking and they seem to be part of a big group together. They will often be um, staff uh, cast members that are being trained um, and you get to go through the utilidors, which is the underground um, underground walkways that only cast members tend to be able to use at Disney uh, in the Magic Kingdom. Um, and it's just really, it was really, really cool. We got to ride a couple of attractions and um, see all the things. We got our passes that were 
staff passes basically meant like access all areas all times pretty much um I mean not all all areas like you couldn't literally like go backstage at Festival of the Lion King um but you know you can get into the parks whenever you like and you don't need to pay anything additional um in order to do that it's just it's totally free and we got our guest passes as well around that time so anyone who uh, I think we got three guest passes each um and I think it was three guest passes total for for like the duration of the trip or something something like that um although I don't quite remember and it was like again you you're only supposed to use those for friends and family but I'll tell you about that in a minute so so the traditions training was really, really fun. It was all really, really great. It was going really, really well until I got my work role. And the really annoying thing was, was that the guy who I had interviewed with that I mentioned before, somehow, I told you he was a total know-it-all, somehow he knew what my work role was before I knew. Um, and he, apparently he told like one of the other girls, if I remember, and she said to me, do you want me to tell you what you've got? And I was like, no, like I don't. I want to, I want to find out with everyone else, like everyone else does. Um, and, and basically when I found out, we got like, it was written on a little piece of paper. Um, and I got my piece of paper and it said I was going to be working on Star Tours and I was just devastated. I was like so upset because for me, it couldn't have been any worse than that, which I know for many of you that are listening, that Star Wars fans then you're thinking like, she's crazy. Like it would be so much fun. Like it's a great attraction. Um, but for me, I was like, I've literally never seen a Star Wars movie in my entire life. I have zero desire to watch Star Wars movies. I don't know any of the characters. The attraction is never like of that much interest to me. I don't want to be on Star Tours. Like I just didn't want to do it, but you, you can't like, you can't swap. You can't change. There's, there's no sort of wiggle room unless, unless there's like um, a sort of health reason. So one of my, um, one of Vicky's housemates uh, was posted to um, Indy Speedway and she had asthma. So she was struggling with like the fumes and stuff like that. So she got her job switched um, to something else. I don't remember. I think it was like Finding Nemo. Maybe it was, she was on Finding Nemo the musical or something. Um, but yeah, I was just gutted and it was like, just got to accept it, roll with the punches and make the best of the situation. So, so that's what I did. And, you know, I, I had my, um, attractions training with a really lovely woman. I think she was called Katya and, um, I really, I got on really, really well with her and she was really understanding and, and all the rest, but I could just tell, to be honest, like, it was one of the attractions that was where the staff were really, we were really understaffed. Um, there was a lot of older staff as well that were like very much sort of part-time. Um, and, and you know, there, there wasn't like a social, real sort of social atmosphere to it at all. It was, it kind of almost felt as well like at the, at the time, and this doesn't apply to everyone that I worked with there at all, um, but it felt like at the time, this is kind of where people get, sent that don't really care that much about the service that they're providing as well um you know the costumes looked quite slovenly and I don't know it just wasn't it just wasn't for me the break room was tiny like the break room for the attraction was so tiny 
Um, and there was tons of staff working on that attraction. There was so many cast members, like that there was hardly ever anywhere to sit. And obviously everything's really hot and sweaty in Orlando and there are outdoor roles that you play, like parts of the role that you play on an attraction. So you can be um, like in the line, you can be welcoming guests into the, the front of the line. You can be at the time like receiving fast passes um, and things like that. So you could be out in the baking hot sun and then it's time for break for your break. So you would think, okay, I'm going to go um, into the break room and just chill out in the AC, but it would be full of people. Um, there was a canteen, um, that was awesome. The Hollywood Studios canteen was brilliant. It was massive, super spacious, great AC, loads of food options. Um, but it was easily a 10 minute walk away from the Star Tours attraction. Um, and you would only get 30 minutes for your lunch. So it was a real like dash, like mad dash to get there. And so many times I just would sit on the steps, like outside, like sit on the steps backstage and just eat food that I'd brought with me in the baking hot sun, because I was like, I'm not going to race in the baking hot sun to go and get 10 minutes of AC to then race back in the baking hot sun. Um, so it was, it was just so not the dream. Um, and I think I wrote, I actually wrote a blog post when I got back where it was something like how the mouse stole my magic, <laughs> which is so, I suppose, not the uplifting uh, podcast episode that many of you were, were probably hoping to hear from me. But I do, I do want to sort of shine a light on like the good, the bad and the ugly. So that was really the bad and the ugly. Um, there was loads of good, though, as well. And most of the good, the vast majority of the good came from the times that I spent sharing with my friends, um, exploring the parks, exploring the resorts. We we would go to the parks like once or twice a week. Um, I had I worked really long hours because, um, again, as I say, our, our attraction was understaffed and it was the summertime as well. Um, and with attractions that open from like the crack of dawn right the way through until like the latest of the late. Whereas with merchandise, a lot of those locations close at different times or food locations in between service, they may close and you would tend to get like a more a breakfast and lunch shift or like a lunch and dinner shift, or you could choose to pull a double. Um, whereas with attractions, there's a double shift and you, that's what you're allocated to. That's what you're working. Um, and I actually worked, uh, I worked a, I worked a 16 hour shift one, uh, I worked an 18 hour shift on the 4th of July. Um, and then the next day I worked a 16 hour shift and there was only a four hour gap in between those two shifts for me to take the bus back to my place, which took about an hour, um, and to rest for two hours and then to come back on the bus and hope that I wouldn't be late. So I didn't have lots and lots of time to go to the parks, but I did have two days off a week, um, and when I could muster the energy to go out and about with with my friends, I totally did. And we um, spent loads and loads of time in the parks, on the attractions, watching the shows. Um, we spent days at the water parks. We went to Typhoon Lagoon. Um, I think we went to Blizzard Beach, actually. I think maybe we went to both. We, we did loads of mini golf. Like um, We went shopping loads. So Chatham Square is right near to the um, premium outlets. Um, and you could get a bus very quickly and easily from there to the other um, prime outlets, I think it was called, and to the Florida Mall as well. Um, so we did loads and loads of shopping. 
um, spent a ton, a, a whole ton of time at Disney Springs. We went to the boardwalk loads. I went to the boardwalk quite often on my own as well. So if I if I was going to be doing a shift that was um, wasn't starting till around lunchtime, I would go to like one of the resorts and spend some time by their pool, which you could do at the time, which is so, so lovely, um, and go to there. I would usually just go to like the quick service, get some really good food, and then I would hop onto the boat and eat my food on the way to work. Like, how idyllic is that? It was so, so lovely. Um, what else did we do? We, we did so much. We just like soaked it all up. Like we were young and wild and free, <laughs> like literally. Um, and and it was it was a hell of a lot of fun um, when I wasn't at work. And then when I was at work, it was no fun at all, ever. Uh, but in the way but the way that things go, though, with um, the attractions work roles, if you are someone who likes quite a, a sort of fast paced day um, and you like to kind of move around from from one position to another position, um, that was that was really great because you would get the way that they would work was there was like rotations. So you could be um, at the front of the attraction, like I say, welcoming people in and giving children stickers and stuff. And then another colleague would come to you with a little ticket. They would give you the ticket um, and then you would move on to the next rotation, which could be um, like indoors operating the actual ride. So you would go to the person that was in that role, you would give them the ticket and you would then be in that position. Um, You could be... Uh, at the exit for the ride, making sure that people had not taken their um, 3D glasses. You could be moving the 3D glasses trolleys around and like making sure that they're all sanitized, which was actually one of my favorite jobs was the um, sanitizing the 3D glasses because it was really quiet in the sanitization room and it was it had air conditioning and um, you could sit down and just they, they had the radio on and stuff. It was it was nice in there. Um, but yes, there was loads and loads of, of different things that you could do. You could be the person that's saying like, how many are in your party and allocating them to different attract, different, um, lines within the ride vehicles as well. So, so there, it is quite fast paced and it is nice to be able to interact with the guests and to see that they're excited and, um, all the rest of it. It's not fun when they're trying to get a child onto the attraction that is too short to ride. Um, so if you are listening to this and you have been one of those parents that's been like, oh, just stand on your tiptoes and we'll gel your hair up and we'll do all these things, um, you know, like all the love in the world to you. Um, and I will probably do exactly the same with Walter one day. Um, but God, it just puts the, the cast members in such a difficult position because we could lose like you could lose your job, literally like you could get fired on the spot um, if if there was a kid leaving the attraction who looked as if they were too short to have been on it. Um, and you feel like the bad guy, like saying no, you feel like you really feel like the bad guy. Um, and so many times there would be parents that would go crazy. Like you've ruined our kids dreams. Like they, all they wanted to do was ride this attraction. I was like, I'm, I can't lose my job over this. (laughs) I can't get sent back to the UK because of this. Um, one of the fun things that I that I did a few times was I, I would pretend to be American, like just for fun, um, because I was bored and there was like a whole spiel that we would need to give when when everyone was sitting on the on the attraction. It'd be like, welcome to Star Tours, like, please keep your hands and legs inside the vehicle at all time, like that kind of thing. Um, 
So I would try like different American accents each time and that made it fun for me way back then, especially because my badge very clearly stated that I was from the UK. So um, people would get kind of confused at that and that was always fun and funny. You, you make your own fun, don't you? <laughs> you really do sometimes. So, so what happened then um, with me and for me? I broke my finger at work um, I was moving a one of the big things that stores all of the 3D goggles in. And as I was moving it, it was like uh, on a on wheels, like a supermarket trolley. But it was this massive, like towering thing. Um, and you had to move it like through the walkways where the guests were. So you had to be super, super careful. The walkways were really narrow. If you ever if you remember, like queuing up and you still do, don't you? queuing up for star tours when you're actually in the building it's really cramped and we had to move these big things through that space which I think they've changed that now because it was pretty dangerous obviously um and basically the wheels kind of got a little bit out of control and um the thing the the trolley squished my pinky finger in between that and the wall so I was really in a lot of pain um I just thought like you know, I've sprained them or I've, something's happened. Like, I don't know what it is. Um, and they sent me to the Disney hospital, which is like a Disney doctor's clinic. Um, someone, one of the, the team members drove me over there and they took me in and um, they looked at my finger. They did some x-rays. I didn't pay for any of this because I assume because I was at work, it was covered by Disney insurance. Uh, and it, they identified that I'd fractured my pinky finger. So they gave me a whole bunch of medication um, that was really strong. I think it was like, I think it was tramadol or something like that. But Americans don't go halves on their meds at all. So I, I no longer felt any pain, which was really wonderful. But I felt really, really nauseous and I was out of it. Like I went back into work. They took me back, like my manager took me back to work and was like, hey, back to work. Come on, like back on it. And I fell asleep on the couch in the room full of all of the other team members, the, the break room that I mentioned before. And they were like, we don't think that she can operate heavy machinery on this medication. And sure as anything, that's what it said on the, um, the actual medication box. So I was like, great. So I don't have to work on Star Tours anymore. Amazing. Um, so <laughs> which was, was really like, you know, divine intervention, I suppose. So I, I actually got posted then to um, work recruiting little Jedis for the Jedi Training Academy, which was a lot more fun. It was a lot more my style, um, signing kids up and like getting them excited, getting them hyped. Um, and and yeah, it was it was really great. The hours were much shorter. I think I actually picked up a couple of extra like overtime shifts at some points um, on the like the evening parade. I think I did. Um, the Main Street Electrical Parade at Magic Kingdom a couple times and I think I did something in Epcot as well um, at one point as well because I was like oh like I've got availability now I've got more availability to do more more roles and to enjoy myself more and and it was so so much better but the medication made me really drowsy I was tired all the time and I just wasn't really functioning properly and my finger was in a lot of pain um, because the the nurse had accidentally pulled it, not realizing that that was the one that was injured, um, and made it made the problem worse. So I was I was much happier, but I was like 
away with the fairies a lot of the time. Um, so just be mindful if you get sick while you're out there in any way, or if you get injured, just, you know, balance your pain management with your energy management. <laughs> um, because I, I definitely was not capable of doing that at the time. So what sort of happened next for me was that I still, while I was enjoying it a little bit more, I wasn't loving it, loving it. it. And I was getting, I was getting more and more sort of worn out and more and more weary by the shifts. Um, and, oh, and I had a really bad experience one day where this man, this awful man shouted at me, um, because he, his, him and his kid were too late to, to get on the show. And he was, and he got right up in my face and he shouted, he yelled that I was, a um, what did he say? He was like, you're a pathetic little snot or something like this. And he was really yelling. So he was like spitting. It was so gross. And I was really intimidated by it. And I was just, you know, when you have that moment sometimes in when you're at work in any job where you're like, that's enough. I think I'm done. I think I'm done here now. So from that point on, I kind of decided that I was going to terminate my contract. Um, and I was only about two weeks away from it being finished. Um, and there was an opportunity for me to, at the end of, of the contract, to actually go and, well, to have a holiday for a week with my friends and then to go on a cruise with them um, and to the Caribbean. But I was I was just weary of the entire thing. And I, I think I was just very much over it by that point. I was like, I just want to go home. I, I'm, I'm done. I'm out. I'm out of here for now. I don't, I don't want to do any more Disney because I think it's really going to kill it for me. And obviously, as you all know, it didn't because I love Disney so much. Um, but so, so I sort of checked out of work, to be honest, like I was, I was going in, I was doing my hours, I was being smiley and all the rest of the guests, but I was no longer like invested in kind of making this college program, my dream and my ideal, which means that I knew that I had some tickets. I had some tickets for guests. Um, and one of my friends, knew of a dodgy guy this is really bad um knew of a dodgy guy that uh was basically being the middleman between cast members that had tickets for guests that they knew they weren't going to use um and people that wanted to come to disney and wanted to to come into the parks for like a little bit of a discount from what they would get their their park tickets for from anywhere else so my friend hooked me up with this guy it felt really dodgy i was like literally myself <laughs> um because you had to go into the park with the people that were going to be your guests as well so as a cast member I was like checking in to the the theme parks with um with a different family like every day of the week while I, I had these three days I think to to use up these tickets um and some of those families didn't speak English. Like one of the families was from Germany. They didn't speak English. Another one was um, like a Chinese family that didn't speak English. And and then I would just, once you're in the park, you just kind of give them the tickets then and they can go and get their own fast passes and do their own stuff. But it's like, you've just got to hope hope for the best that there isn't a problem with their tickets and that it's not highlighted to, to another cast member. And then because your contract would be terminated and again like you like you want to be able to fly home when you want to be able to fly home and by this point I'd already identified some flights that I wanted um you don't want to have to like hop on a random flight and like you know 
pay over the odds because you had to do it really, really suddenly. So it was really nerve wracking. Um, but I got away with it. <laughs> and um, I basically in a three day period, I made, I think it was it's like $350 a day um, taking these different families into the into the theme parks. And I was really happy with that because what it meant was that once I'd finished doing that, I, um, I, I self terminated my contract. I went and told them, um, that I was not going to be continuing, that it was too much for me, especially with the broken finger and the medication and the aggressive guy. Um, and that it was time for me to go home. And because I'd self terminated, there was a little bit more leeway for me to have, I think it was like a couple days, um, to sort of get my stuff together and, um, you know, leave, leave the country in a way that was legal and appropriate. So, so I self terminated, I had like three days left or, or something like that. So I was like, right, my friends, we are going shopping. <laughs> And I'd save loads of money. That's one thing that um, it is totally possible to save, to make money and to save money while you're there. Um, I think that probably the amount of money that I'd saved um, was was not much above the amount that I'd invested in order to get there. But there was money there. And then the extra money that I'd made through selling these tickets in this dodgy way um, meant that I, I had like dollars. I had dollars burning a hole in my pocket, like like $2,000 or something like that. And I was like, you know what? I've worked really hard this summer. I've not had, it, it hasn't been the dream summer that I wanted it to be exactly, even though there had been totally dreamy moments and I've got so many photographs and so many memories. Um, I deserve like a shopping spree. Like I will probably never have again in my life. <laughs> so, uh, we did like a three day shopping binge, me and my, me and my two friends. And it was so wild. Like the first day we went to the outlets. Um, I bought a second suitcase cause I knew I'd be taking a whole bunch of stuff home with me. And I literally wheeled the suitcase around for the next three days around the shopping malls. Um, so first day was the outlet. Second day, um, we went to the Florida mall and the third day we went to the millennium mall. And I think, um, we did Disney, uh, downtown Disney as it was at the time. Um, on one of those days as well and we did um, Epcot on one of those days as well because I wanted to go in so I went in on one of their passes I wanted to go and buy some super expensive garland makeup from um, the France pavilion and I think I bought some perfume from the Italian pavilion as well like again stuff that I would never normally buy I spent I dropped like $250 at the garland shop on like a foundation and a, a primer that had gold in it, like actual gold flecks in the primer um, and some like uh, setting powder or something anyway. Um, so it was an amazing, that was like three, those three days made up for every day that I hadn't enjoyed that much. Um, and, and like I say, there was still loads of great memories, like being at the water park, we had a brilliant day um, at uh, Fort Wilderness one day as well. And at Trails End, I think we, we did the lunchtime buffet at Trails End. I think we only spent literally like maybe $10 each or something like that, because we would get awesome discounts. So you get food and beverage discounts, you get merchandise discounts, and they are huge discounts. So it actually oftentimes makes it like very, very doable to eat, um, to eat out like all the time. 
um, we would, you know, when, whenever I was on a really late shift um, with some of my, my colleagues at Star Tours, like um, a 2 a.m., 3 a.m. shift, um, we would then go and drive to Steak and Shake and go and get burgers and sit in. And it was open because, like, America, everything's 24 hours, or at least a lot of things are. Um, and I look back on those all of those times with, like, such fond memories and definitely with rose rose tinted glasses and kind of forget the the challenges of the experience the heat and the the work and stuff like that but it was absolutely something which I would recommend for anyone to do um and and if even if there was an opportunity now to this day um say like the the international uh, the cultural representative program to go and to work there for a year and to do it with a kid because obviously I've got Walter now I would probably do it like as an adult with an adult with a business like um a thriving business like and then and then the studio as well because I have a a feminine empowerment coaching business that's that's wonderful and I love it and it's going great and then there's the studio which COVID has been a challenge for let's put it that way but I would still go and do it even with the experience that I had, even with terminating my contract early and all the rest of it, um, I would I would absolutely do it again. So that is the good, the bad and the ugly of my college program experience. And um, I, I do hope that it hasn't kind of killed the idea of joining a program for any of you, because you absolutely should. If you get an opportunity to work at Disney World, do it. Um, and you know, just, just kind of know that you can, you can come home. If you feel like it's taking the magic away, you can turn around and come home and there's no shame in that. There's no, um, there's no sort of failure in that, um, at all. I'm, I'm glad that I didn't come home sooner because I, I wanted to come home when I was still on Star Tours and I wouldn't have had the opportunity to, um, to learn the Jedi training Academy and to be, to be working on that. Um, but the thing that was standing in my way of wanting to come home was like, it, you're going to feel like a failure you're going to go home and everyone's going to think that you're a failure like you couldn't hack it and you're a loser and you're a failure and you just suck um and and I, I was unhappy for a, a long time because of that but you can come home like just like I did and as soon as I made that decision like you know what I, I'm gonna preserve my love for Disney by going home early it was so worth it it was absolutely the best thing that I could have done at that point um and for that reason, now I have a whole new respect, level of respect for cast members, with the exception of the one that I had a huge um, like showdown with on the entrance to Soarin' on our last trip, um, because heat combined with screaming toddler combined with a cast member and an attitude problem and incorrect information that they're providing is just not a good mix. Um, but apart from that one, um, I have serious respect for cast members I love knowing some of the background um, of the way that things are run and being able to be like oh yeah the, the attraction might be down they've got a 101 or whatever it was called um, and you know it should be back up and running soon or whatever it, it feels it, it brings a whole different layer to the Disney experience which which only enriches it for me so that's everything and I'm so so happy to answer any questions that any of you may have about any of this about the application process I went through about um, the work role about my friends work roles about the accommodation um, 
accommodation is not free it comes but it does come straight out of your paycheck so when you get your paycheck that money that's there is for you to spend you don't need to budget um for it or anything like that and um and and yeah like i say i'm more than happy to answer any questions that you might have or to reminisce with any of you that also stayed uh, stayed at chatham or um that did a college program and had your own experience obviously a lot of what i'm sharing may well be dated by now may not um be relevant as or as relevant anymore but hopefully you've enjoyed this solo episode uh, with me just me gabriella today um and i would love 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 to see a review from you um wherever you listen to your podcasts especially i think it's apple podcasts we like to to ask for um and reach out to us on instagram we are the duo podcast um on instagram or twitter and we are the duo po on the other one or the dot duo po on the other one either way you'll find us if it's meant to be it will be um and hopefully next time we will have either amelia or my dad on the episode as well um but i've really enjoyed just being with you guys just sharing um sharing this episode with you solo today as well so thank you so so much once again for listening um, and i'll check in with you all soon take care